Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just a quick warning. This podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. On today's podcast, we've got legendary boxer Jeff Fennick and legendary trainer Johnny Lewis. Welcome to the Stick Up Guys. Pleasure being here as always, mate. Good to see you. Yes, Russell. Yeah, once again, nice to talk to you. I've started a series, and I'm going to call it Heroes, and it's people that have an impact on people's lives. And Jeff, you'd be able to articulate it better than any. What impact has Johnny Lewis had on your life? Ah, the the easiest way to say it, I wouldn't be here if I didn't meet Johnny. I definitely can't tell you where I would be because I, 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 I definitely reckon you would have done jail, boys. You would have done. You were on that trajectory, weren't you? I did boys home when I was young. Yeah, of course. And like I said, um. There are certain things and let, watching him watch me get beat up for the first time uh, yeah. <laughs> changed my life. I've interviewed a few people in particular. Garth Wood articulates it really well of going to sitting at the gym at Newtown, sitting on the side of the ring watching you and Johnny work together and he said changed, that changed his life. Mm. This carry on over of what you guys have done together. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying because I've – some of the footy players that used to work with us and train with us, they still uh, have the most amazing memories of, first of the respect that I have for this man to to my right. And yeah, I, like I said, yeah, of course I respect my mum and dad and, and I love my family, but I don't know, this was something that was completely different to me. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I fell in love with this guy and yeah, to this day I can never thank anybody enough for the person I am and the person I am today, Russ, I'm really proud of myself. I love myself very much. I don't mean I love myself being big either, but I, I love what I do for people. I love what I give back to people and um, it all stems from, again, from um, Johnny. What makes Johnny Lewis so special? There are, there are certain people that are, that can have impacts on people in different ways and I when I think of people, I, I always think of the great Wayne Bennett, how he could have all those rugby league plays and have their total respect and they just kept winning and they, they won for him. Um, my first action after every fight was just to, to look at Johnny, especially when I won, because I wanted him to know that what i just done, I'd done it for him and without him I couldn't have done it and if he never set me all those little goals when I was growing up. And he never set me a goal that was unachievable. He set me these goals that he knew that I could – achieve one 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 step at a time mm. and yeah he's taught me so much because today i use 
his brain through what he taught me, trying to look after the fighters that I have, and I try to be as similar to him as I can. But again, today the world's changed, and where he and I could go down the road and have a stout and coke, and when he'd take me down to the Escobar Hotel and those kind of things. You, you, we don't have the freedom to do things like that today. And But look, like I said, all the things that he taught me, I use at the top of my list. I have the respect of all my fighters, and the reason why I have that respect is because I try to be as great to them, not just as boxing trainers, but as a father figure, as somebody that's going to help them, as somebody that's going to give them advice in all other aspects of life. And Johnny, yeah, was never just about boxing with Johnny. It was always about me being a better person, doing the right thing, loving my family, doing all that stuff. And yeah, can't thank him enough. What did you see, Johnny, when Jeff Fennick first walked into the gym? What did you see and, and what did you see him at his potential? What did you see in him? Look, my memory's not really good at the moment, but I think of that first day so many times and I've got it down to a fine art. Had a, a young kid in the ring that was a New South Wales champion, Australian champion, fighting to go to the Olympics. I'm now drew it. And, yeah. Mark but anyhow, Yeah, Mark, yeah Mark. And anyhow, we were going through the punches and I saw this little kid come through and sit on the seat and just looking and I happened to say to him, mate, we need to get some sparring. And before I could say anything else, this kid said, I'll spar him. And I looked down, there's a little skinny kid just sitting down and I said, oh, all right, mate, but we don't do things like that. And I, I remember I said to him, mate, if you want to do some training, come up tomorrow night. And I think it was five o'clock or whatever. And I got there early and an hour early and here was this kid sitting out the front of the Newdown Police Boys Club as it was in them days, ready to go. And when I went upstairs, I, it, that, that's what Kiwi is early, ready to go. And it was impossible what he did in such a short time. I don't think anyone in the world could emulate what Jeff did. And there's a thing that Jack Gibson used to say, you only take out what you put in. And that's why Jeff took out a lot. He, no one could compete with him in that. Like he, he just had a, he was mentally tough. He was physically tough. And there's a couple of stories that I remember. I think it was our first fight together and Jeff was absolutely brilliant for what he what was that? Can you tell, talk, let's talk about that first fight mm -hmm. off from both. How was it for you, Nate, like coming into your first fight? Here it is. You've got this amazing man in your corner. Man, what was going through your head with that first fight, Jeff? Well, the first thing was the funny thing was nobody knew he was an amazing man. Yeah. I just <clears> – I did, but um, nobody else yeah. did. We, we, you really highlighted it. Your career yeah, well, really highlighted yeah, we, we started together and it was like this crazy ride and I'll never forget the first – my first amateur fight, as nervous I was, I'd – Prior to the first fight, I had a fight out in the street prior to because somebody said something to my mm. boy's mother and I ended up having a big fight in the street before the, I had my fight and I fought a couple of guys who were much more experienced than me and I was doing good and I was, uh, I'm going to just jump at them because I'll never forget, Johnny went away once and um, I lost my first amateur fight and he wasn't in my corner and he said to me that I wouldn't have let you fight that guy. Remember who it was, Johnny? Joey Glover. Joey Glover, yeah. yeah. He was a really talented Tommy kid. Tommy was in your yeah. corner. Yeah, he was in, but I fought him again and beat him straight after when Johnny was home. But it, it, I don't know, it was just, I don't know, like I said. Do you think when you went back and fought him, was the confidence that Johnny brought to your corner that was there 
the definitive factor. Yeah, that. But I always believed that I could beat anybody. I thought, yeah, yeah that's what happens when you. I don't know when. You're somebody like me, like I said, I always worked hard and I thought I always worked harder than everybody else. And I tried to prove that every time I went for a run and the boys would stay with me when they, as soon as I would just flick the switch, I'd leave them a kilometre and uh, so I always – But, I, yeah, but I, like I said, I think the, the thing was, I don't know, I just – when I think of – when I watch myself as an amateur after 12 or 13 fights, and I don't really believe or I, I can't believe what I'd done because although I was – competitive against everybody. I didn't have the skill level because I'd never done it before. And it just, I don't know, I honestly believe this, and I'm, Johnny says, I was born to do what I yeah. end up doing. And I yeah. found it by accident. I found it at a late age. And like I said, just think of 12, 13 fights. I'm fighting in the World Cup in Rome against guys who had hundreds of fights. Mm. I came third in the world. I traveled the world. And although I lost a lot of my international fights, because I only had 13 and 14, 15 fights fighting guys who had hundreds of fights. Yeah. I was always competitive and Johnny just kept saying to me, just stick at it. I'll never forget that he wrote me a letter. He wrote me a beautiful letter when my father passed, but he also wrote me a letter when he went away with Jeff Malcolm to uh, Honolulu and he left me for just before I was going to the World Cup and our friend Bull Parker, Alan Bull Parker, mm. trained me while Johnny was away, but he wrote me a little letter and he just said to me, Jeff, just go, enjoy and do the best you can. Just be who you are as you always are. Uh, just go and give it your best. And he said, by 1985, you'll see all the benefits. And I didn't know I was going to be amateur, but in 1985, I won the world title. And it was just that he wrote me this letter. And that. like I said, I, I don't know if Johnny could see the future. Well, just between us, we had this amazing thing that just clicked. And like it's I said, iconic. Um, it's like what you yeah, guys have got is iconic. Like you, Matt, you talk about coach. But right, oh, it's like, like Johnny said, if you think, like I said, if you go back through the history of any sport, Think of anybody, like so I started boxing at 17 and a half. So that's a late yeah, start so for boxing. Jersey Flag when I was SG Ball, Jersey Flag, you know, I played Matthew Shield, so every I want to be a football player. But just think from 17 and a half, 19, I went to Olympics, 20, I was world champion, 23, I was three time world champion. It's, I don't think it's, it's mm. ever And I'll never get, in, never get replicated. Ever, in, in any sport, and people, no. it's crazy. But like I said, I just believe that I was born to, to do it. And the only thing that I was missing was. Johnny, uh, Johnny Lewis, and, and that was it. He gave me the discipline. He gave me, he's, like I said, he set me those goals and everything else just fell into place. Tell me what it's like walking back. I'll, I'll get it from both of your perspective. What's it like? So you, you're walking back in your corner. John's in the corner. And what, what confidence, they, how does it feel knowing that he's there? The great thing was he, he never really had to say too much to mm. me because I was just, I was being everybody. And the great thing was every time I'd walk back, I knew that I was doing him proud, so yeah. have a drink, son. You're doing great, and didn't yeah. Well, so it was never. Gee, this has happened. That's yeah. happened. And we, we always had this. Like I said, it was just an amazing feeling for me to sit down and, yeah. and right. I'll say it again. Of course, I'm, I'm going to give myself a bit of pat on the back. But go through all my fights. I fought a guy named Daniel Zaragoza. Yeah. Carlos Zarate. Wait, forget that. But yeah. Daniel Zaragoza went ten rounds with Morales, and was and one judge had him winning when he was 38. I, I fought him when he was in his 20s, and he never won a. A portion of a round against yeah. me. So look at all my and see how many rounds I lost. Not and many. you were a massive yeah. underdog. Yeah, to... yeah, of course. But I, I, we never even lost rounds. I was yeah. winning world title fights, doing rounds to zip and twelve rounds to zip, fighting guys like Jerome Coffey was twenty six mm. and zero, one of the best amateurs in the world and one of the best pros of the time. But like I said I don't know. It was just, I like I said, I just think that first of all, like I said, I was born to to oh, fight. Without and a doubt, I was just blessed to have found that that, that person that could keep me level headed and 
Yeah, I shouldn't even say over because there were times where I had a big head than anybody else did. But no, I just wanted to keep doing the right thing for him. And that's Johnny. That, like I said, um, that's the person Johnny is. He's the kind of person that if a car was run, I'd push him out of the road and jump in front of it any day of the week. Yeah. Well, and a lot, everyone that has contact with him would say the same. Anyone, like people, I've come across, everyone has this. You know, saying and doing it's a different thing. But yeah, I, yeah, I, know. I agree. Yeah, I, much, I, I, I agree, brother. I, would, yeah, the, the, I agree. Yeah, I, I tell never, you, Russell, there's one thing in Jeff's amateur career, and uh, like I'll jump what I'm going to talk about because uh, it was uh, not so much longer after that that Jeff's hands were really sore, and he ha he's still an amateur boxer. It was the highlight of my life. When we went down to Melbourne, and unfortunately I wasn't allowed in his corner, but he, as, a, as an amateur, yeah, yeah, they, 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 had, but they picked their own trainer yeah, for state. Yeah. He had three fights, all mate. They but these three guys were really good. It was a best division we had that was going to get whoever we won. It was going to be the best. Well, one of the guys that I fought had, Grant, had just come back from the Commonwealth Games, won a bronze medal mm. in the Commonwealth Games, and. Yeah, Grant Richards. But with every – he won every night we had two ice buckets with his hand, both hands in. And I used to look at him and say, what a shame. He'll win this, but he can't keep on going fighting like that. And anyhow, he won the the Australian title and thus he started his, his trip to the Olympics. And But one of his early fights – there was this trainer, a particular trainer, and he had a young bloke and he was going really good, really good. Anyhow, it just typified, he just said to me, oh, you want? You sure you want to fight my guy? And I said, yeah, we'll do it. Jeff would have had about four fights at the most. Mm. And, and he was a good fighter, this kid. But anyhow, we fought him and Jeff absolutely made a bashed him from the first round to the third. He mightn't remember this, but the the bloke come up to me and he said, yeah, he said, your bloke, he can't fight. And I said, no, you're right, but your bloke can and we just beat him. So just imagine, <laughs> what, yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. And look, it's I can tell you things how stupid he was to – destroy himself to make the weight. It was impossible, but he did it. What was your fluctuation, Jeff, on average? Before I fought Stephen McCrory and I broke my hand in training, the story is that Bill Morty said that we'd cancel the fight, so we agreed to, that we're going to postpone the fight. He rings well, The next morning I had my alarm off, but I thought my alarm went off was that the phone, Bill Morty rang me and said, Jeff, we need to... I need to fight. If, I'm, if you're not going to fight, I'm going to be bankrupt. I'm broke. Said, Bill, I'll fight. But I went out again last night. I, I ate and I've put on another 10 pounds in one night, which mm. quite easy for me back then. And anyways, they said I could fight, just try to make the best I could on the scales and we'd relinquish the title, but I could have the fight. So they put me and Johnny and a few of us on a hill farm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Johnny and them would sneak out in the middle of the night and get McDonald's. And I could, see, I could always see McDonald's boxes. I'd go <laughs> for a run in the morning and pizza boxes. But um, the day, a couple of days prior, we'd gone back home and I was still like six or seven pounds overweight. And um, at the time, Peter Matreski was staying with me and running me every day. The morning of the fight, I woke up, I was still about four or five pounds over. And I thought, uh, do I want to lose? So I went for a run. 5K, day of the fight, we weigh in. The day of the fight, we weigh in. It's not the day before. Weighing was just after lunch. I ran 5K four times. I ran 20 kilometres the morning of, that I fought Steve McCrory, 20 kilometres. I finally made weight 
I was dehydrated. My mum looked at me, she was crying. Johnny looked at me, thought I was going to die. But I still made weight that day and still fought with eight hours rehydration. Like today, we've got 30, 34 hours. And I end up stopping Steve McCrory. So I don't know, I just had this crazy mentality that I, I didn't want to give my title away and I just didn't want to let nobody down. We sit here in Erskineville. Erskineville has played a big part in your lives. It's known for breeding tough people. Tough people come from Erskineville and Newtown, this area. Do you think, how did this area play a part in who you are today? I know Johnny's really proud of Erko Bloke. It's simple. You look at, forget just the rugby league players, but you look at the people that, that Johnny grew up around, the Terry Balls and all those guys. Yeah. They were hard men and they were loyal men. They had, they had a set of ethics yeah. that... If their best friend broke them, they were no longer their best friend. Now, I, I grew up around that and grew up around listening to Johnny's friends talk, Loopy and all, all his great old friends. And that. it was not just an eye, but it was a, it was a lesson in life. It was a yeah. it, it was something that you got the best of I both. Live, yeah, yeah, I live by today. I still live by yeah. all the morals and the things that I live by that today. That's why, like I said, that's why I'm proud of who I am today. Because yeah, yeah, I'm still that. You know, You're still that bloke. Yeah, 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 and like I said, I'm. Anybody that says they stay the same when they become rich and famous bullshit because mm. fame or fortune changes everybody, change yeah. automatically. And that, that happened to me. But uh, to this now, I, I think of that all the time. I try to be – I try to find that old person that I was. And I've, I've, I've found him. I'm, I'm really happy in my life. I, as everybody knows, I just received my fourth world title. Yeah. And uh, as, as exciting as it was, Russ, if I would have got it back then, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't yeah. be married. I wouldn't have the family I've got. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah, the, the greatest thing that happened to me in my boxing career was – the draw with Azuma Nelson because I wouldn't have my beautiful wife, wouldn't have my beautiful children. I wouldn't have the mindset. I would have been in America, been a, a, a dickhead and who knows what else would have happened. But like I said, everything happens for a reason. Like I said, the day that I walked in PCYC, I met Johnny, yeah, my draw with Azuma Nelson, my, my first loss, which mostly made me the, the man I am today because I'd never lost before and you, you learn so much. Your adversity teaches you a lot and losing taught me more than anything ever taught me when I won, losing let me really know who I was and who was around me and, and yeah. Sometimes, eh, hey, what seems at the time a curse can be a blessing. I, I tell you, I got pinched for robbing a bank up in Queensland. Four super citizens tackled me. I thought that, and one was giving me a couple of punches in the head and he said, I just saved your life. It was the biggest blessing of my life today because I am here today. I've got a successful business. I've, I've got this. Obviously, got the podcast, and I get it, Jeff. I, I'm, I, I really relate to exactly what you said, and that's that's what, that's a really good message to anyone that's going through a hard time at the moment. You're most probably sitting in a blessing. Yeah, definitely. And like, like I said, Russ, two and a half years or three years, I, had I went to bed that night, I'm dead. I'm, yeah. you know, I go to, if, I, if, I, if I fall asleep, I'm dead. But for some reason, the, the what boys, happened there, Jeff? What well, happened? Well, well, I my father, my father died at 57 from exactly the disease I had. My dad had heart problems, but my dad had yeah. plastic valves from from in his early twenties. And like I said, I am um, I was just feeling sick while I was overseas and feeling really weak and tired and lethargic. And of, go, of course, I'd never let nobody. I never complained. Yeah. Me being that idiot that I was, and not t- tell anybody that I, how bad I really felt. And went to I went to bed that night. The boys all went to dinner, and because I didn't go to dinner, they were thinking I didn't look well. And they said one of the, one of the boys, said, Jeff, looked a real bad colour. So I don't know. One of them stole my room key, one of my room keys, and brought the ambulance to my room. And the rest is history. Had I had the ambulance not come and done emergency uh, surgery to replace my valve, I wouldn't be here today. So like I said, yeah, it's 
it's cr- it's crazy. The world's crazy. Universal, hey. It's yeah, that universe yeah, stuff yeah, that looks yeah, after yeah, you, look yeah, out and, for and you. And I'm, like I said, I'm this guy who just believes in working hard. You'll yeah. get your results and stuff. But there's more to the world than that. For maybe only the good die young, I don't know. But for me to still be here and to be having the most amazing time of my life. Because when I was in my 40s, I'll never forget. No, even when I was in my 20s, I'd speak to Mike Tyson and would say, man, if we live to 40, how good is that going to be? I'm going to be 60 next year. And yeah. shit, I, I don't feel any different today to I felt when I was 20. I might look at it, and, but I, man, my, my mental state's exactly the same. I want to enjoy my life. And, yeah, i got the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm, I'm sitting with the, the person that, that gave me the opportunity to – have what I've got and to be sitting here with Johnny and doing this podcast makes me feel totally blessed. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. John, I just want to touch on something. Jeff just talked about something then about hiding things, hiding his pain. Was How good was he at hiding his pain through the hands and, man, because this bloke. Like, bro- like my sternum was broken in half and I still trained and sparred. Mm-hmm. My sternum was my, my, that's in special. half. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to crack. Totally snapped, and I sparred for days and just tried and. Tried. And he didn't. And John didn't know. I was in pain. I, I couldn't. When I'd go home, I couldn't. If I didn't sleep, I couldn't get on, sleep in the bed because I couldn't yeah. get out of the bed or in the bed. But, yeah. but of course, he knew I was. I, I was injured, but he didn't, we didn't know the extent. Yeah. 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 Wow. He certainly uh, earned what he got because he suffered, and uh, as I said. I had a, a young fighter just recently who, king of the castle in the new era of boxing oh, and everything, too, yeah. and, and uh, I was, yeah. being a good amateur, and he turned a pro, and during one of the the sessions I had with him, he, he was very fast, and but he, he wouldn't do a sayo, but he was fast and could have, in my opinion, done all right, but mm. he, Jason Lang, who was with me in the gym, he said to Jason, He's trying to turn me into Jeff Fennick. And then Jason told me, and I went in, he was getting changed. I said, mate, don't think for one minute that I could ever turn you into a Jeff Fennick. Yeah. And it's the truth. It's to get someone that every square that had to be ticked, he ticked them. He's once in a lifetime, eh? Yeah. Look, I'm... I see these big footballers, whatever. They some of them put their hands up and whatever. From eight stone to nine stone, he had some horrible injuries, mm. and his hands. As I said, we go back to the first time we had a fight. His hands were sore, but he didn't complain. Mm. That's the difference. But, yeah, hey? but as it went on. Oh, yes. David, tell me, on that point, mm-hmm. is there ever a time when you see, because his hands were atrocious, weren't they? You know well, my I mean? hands were bigger than the gloves when I took them off. I used to urinate blood for days. Yeah. Yeah, my hands. Was there any a time when you thought, don't think Jeff, I, but is there ever a time you thought, mate, you've got to give it away? I remember it, it, Jeff just spoke of the McCrory fight and what he done was absolutely ridiculous. And I held the towel and I knew as much as I knew about him, that we might, we might get a round and a half out of this. And I had that towel and I never let it go. By the third round, I could have threw it in the bleachers. I just, I, I he had some great fights, but to do what he did that day and then 
I think it's the last time, one of the last 15, 15 round rounds, yeah. fights. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, he stopped him in the 14th round. This bloke is the bloke that a couple of years before, when he was robbed at the Olympics, yeah. he won the gold yeah, medal. And I just want to explain to some to, to non-boxing viewers, listeners here. When Johnny talks about hanging the towel, uh, hanging on the towel, he can throw the towel in, and, and he cancels the fight. The fight's over. Mm-hmm. And man, that would have been a long minute, a long time hanging on to that like that. I, I knew that it had all come back from, like we all decided that's what we we're going to do. We'll go, we'll fight, but if we win, we don't, we lose the title anyhow. If he won, he gets the title. But Jeff wasn't going to let him win the title. Simple yeah. as that. That's a motor and a And if yeah, I hate regrets, but yeah. it it irks me when we consistently read that we've never won a gold medal for the, in the Olympics for boxing. Mm. And Jeff won the fight, and the first time ever, and the last time ever. Some panel, the jury, yeah, jury overturned what is took it off him. Mm. And, um, it look, there's no doubt Jeff would have been our first Olympic mm. gold medalist, and that hurts me. I, that's always a hurt in me mm. because I didn't dr- dream ever that, that we were going to go professional and do what he did, and he was robbed of that. and uh, it, it, it's hurting. Yeah, that, I can uh, tell. I can still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ross, we'll talk about something else. You know how we, we talk, we're talking about earlier about guilty boy association and stuff? I'm a, I'm a father today and I, I try to get a message out to people. When when your son or your daughter says this, I'm going to Joe's house or Jack's house or Johnny's house, go down and check up on her every now and then, see how many times they're there and, and, and find out who, you, who your children are with. What's the family? That, because yeah. like I said, I look at my life today, I'm blessed to be around some amazing people that are successful in business and that, but that don't need nothing. They just, yeah, you sit down and have dinner with and you have a great time. I, like I said, I go out to dinner every single night of the week with, with amazing people. I mentioned more, but like I said, they know they're listening. And I just think if you want to be a good mother or father, and, and I'm, I'm sure everybody does, go down and, and check up yeah. who your son and daughter are mixing with and yeah. find out about the family that they're there with. Because like I said, yeah, I'm blessed. I, every single day, 365 days of the year since I was maybe 11 or 12 to when I met Johnny, I sat at a, at a pool hall, snooker hall at, mm. at Emmore, on, on mm. Emmore Road there. Yeah. And my friends, we'd go out with get in trouble, would steal things and that. But then with their money, that I'd use my money for other things, but with their money, they'd go and buy marijuana and they smoked every single day. Mm. Not one day in my life did, and they passed me the bong 10 million times. Mm. I didn't try it once. I'm Not once. Out. I didn't try it. Every, every, listen, everybody, I take the visit on my Tyson, they'll all smoke weed with him. If they've never smoked before, <laughs> I've never done it once. Yeah, I've never done it once. I, just, yeah. Yeah, my, my mindset is I don't want to do what other people and. At this day, and I love it when I do my public speaking engagements, and I tell them I was able to say no. And if you're able to say no, look where I am today. Look what I've got today, Jeff. I it just I want to touch on something about this toughness, right? Because you are the bloke has got the best message ever for adversity. You're fine. Your hands are broken. Every time you touch them, man, that. I can't oh, hurt even... me more. When I punch somebody, it hurt me more than hurt them. Yeah. And on a lot of occasions, let me let me guarantee you that. There's this. Distance when you're about to throw that punch, it's going to hurt. Like, what goes through your mind 
to fucking go, yeah, bang, there it is. I don't give a fuck how much it hurts. Yeah, I've been pretty blessed I, I, that I've I credit all that stuff to preparation. I went through it in the gym. Yeah. So even in sparring, my hands were hurt. I had needles while I was sparring. I, had a, I was blessed to have a man by the name of Johnny Goodenbill and Steve Lockhart who massaged my hands and got me ready every day. Never used ice once in my life. Mm. Towards the old, always in heat so I could use them the next day. But like I said, I don't know. I just – like I said, I had a couple of reasons. One, because I wanted to obviously – I would never say I was hurt, and uh, the other, I always wanted to do Johnny Proud. I wanted to win, so I don't know. It's with that combination of little things, I just yeah, I went through the pain. I went yeah. through the pain, like I said. But the, the the pain then, the pain that I went through when I went home in the nights for the first few nights, was until my hands settled down. Nobody can imagine. I went to hospitals. Oh. I, nobody can imagine how much pain I was in after those fights. And when I'd go out and see people, I couldn't. Nobody could touch my hands because they were so swollen. But like I said, I don't know. I don't know if it, if, if it's because I was mostly crazy or what it is. But like I said, I think I answer everybody's question when I when I talk about it. everybody's got the same size heart. It's mentally that makes you capable of doing things that nobody else can do. And mentally, I think I was maybe the one of the strongest, toughest oh, guys no ever. Doubt. Yeah. The, this. Let's talk about Jeff's engine, his fucking engine, Johnny. What? Talk, talk about his engine. What's so special about Jeff Fennick's engine? He's like your work rate was like phenomenal. I said it earlier. The more you put in, the more you take out. And uh, Jeff, you go on a run, and I used to say to him. He was always in front. Every time I seen yeah, anything, Jeff was at the front. We were doing fine. We weren't going to get any fitter. And he said to me, I'll run with you, which is very slow. <laughs> and we ran and then maybe a mile ahead I saw a couple of bobbin heads. <laughs> he couldn't help himself. He left me and he had to beat them. <laughs> and that's he had to be the best, <laughs> not in an awful way. I want to bring somebody up. I want to bring somebody up. I was pretty blessed that I, a man by the name of Bobby Jimman, Robert Jimman <laughs> um, from Urco, yeah. he took over – a part of my running career and uh, he, he taught me so much about breathing and relaxing and running properly. So I just thought I'd, because he's an Urco boy and I know that at the moment Johnny's young son's taking out his daughter. middle daughter's granddaughter. So I just, mm. it's uh, it's just a, a strange world. But Robert helped me a lot too. Mm. I was always, I could run 10K in 30 minutes, set 30 and a half minutes. That's uh, Olympic and, qualifier, that's, and, and that's with hills. I never ran, I, I love the hills. But I, yeah, I just, I, I want to just say that Robert Jim going to Centennial Park and doing the Urco Hills there in the mm. park there. So it helped me so much in, in my But that technique. itself, that, that, did you ever think of a, a, a career in athletics or anything like that? 30, 10, to even run, to run anything under 40 for a 10K. Man. Mate, all I ever wanted to do was be a rugby league player and if I could mm, give yeah. all my belts back, I'd do it tomorrow. But Would you? Yeah, 100%, yeah. But I was just blessed, like I said, that I met this guy here and, here we are today because of him. How crazy. much of Johnny Lewis is in you today? You know what? I've got, I've got to be honest in front of Johnny. I love him so much and there's a couple of things that have happened in our life later on and everything happens for a reason, like I said, and we're here. But some of the most important things that he taught me, I feel that a little betrayed by him. And I've spoke to him about it and I understand about loyalty and stuff, but for me, it's either black or white. If anybody... To this day, if anybody did a thing to this guy, I'd go to jail and be dead. But I'm just saying, and like I said, I don't want to bring names up, but some of the people who I thought were the closest people ever to me have, be, have betrayed me, and that's life. And what hurts me the most is that I still see Johnny with them and stuff, thinking that if that was Terry Ball or somebody and one of these mates done that, mate, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it because they wouldn't allow that. But, and I, but then again, I do, I, I do understand Johnny because Johnny's 
although he knows everybody, Johnny's mm-hmm. got a, a different mentality. He's, he's a, Johnny, maybe the softest guy that wants to help everybody in life. Yeah. But like I said, that's just life. And like I said, again, I'm just blessed to be able to sit here, talk to you today and to talk about the man who put me here. Like I said, I very doubt, I doubt very much if I would have been on the earth today if it wasn't for this guy. Because yeah. I, 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 well, I, I remember personally being in jail with all these really good arm robbers come from there, like Johnny Hayes, Bobby Astor, Kelly. I wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't bad. I did use it. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but, I wasn't arm robber. But they, they all had stories of, of you, like they just said, been, like from Erko, he said, we'd be out, uh, having a, a fight with some of the bigger kids and Jeff would just turn, turn up. He said he was always built to be a fighter like they. Don't worry, mate. I've knocked, I've knocked out more bouncers than, than most people my my size and yeah. And there's a legendary story about you fighting a, a was he a Canterbury front rower? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's there's all these folklore stories about Jeff. That's not folklore. It's true. But yeah. it, it, it just recently, I, yeah, something happened, Russ. I, I won't mention it, but I'll have to talk to you about it later. But uh, yeah, I, I had a couple of uh, people come and visit me at my house and ask me a question about something in 1986, which was pretty oh, yeah. pretty crazy. And so I just yeah, yeah. Like I said, the world's changed. Like oh, I said, uh, I, like, all like I said, all I can say today is that everybody in life uh, we've gone through certain things, but I think the saddest thing is that the world's changed so much and people are trying to bring things up that happened 30 and 40 and 50 years ago. I'm not not saying that people shouldn't be accountable for certain Mm. things, but, uh, yeah, before anybody's going to throw stones, just before anybody's going to throw darts anybody, think about what you've done yourself. And that's why, Russ, I just try to be everybody's friend. I try to give back as yeah. much as I can today. But that's Johnny. Yeah, of course, that, that's what Johnny taught me. Like I said, I've no doubt I've made mistakes and been yeah. done things that I, that, I, that I regret. You can't change them, Russ. Mm. But you, you can make other people's lives better mate, and, and give them good memories. Oh, that's what I try do. to do today, mate. You do, I hear, like, everyone, like, I would do, I'd do a post with you or any, anything, either one of you, and everyone sends me a hundred stories of what Jeff, you, you, both of you have done. Let's, Johnny, let's talk about what was Jeff's toughest fight for you as a trainer? Mate, let me first say that every fight we had was tough because we were most probably two years earlier to be fighting what, who we fought each time. It, it was always a big ask, but... Just knew that I had someone super duper. Do you reckon that's very similar to a racehorse trainer when you just see something come through? I always look at that. He'd beat Winks. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you put them together, he'd win it. But look, there was a break his legs first for a race. <laughs> whatever, yeah. take, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes yeah. to win. Now yeah. we had a fight with Puerto Rican Victor Collages. Victor yeah. Collages. Great fight. Well, you wouldn't and believe when you said that. I was just obviously knowing that Johnny's. Memories are all there, but I was going to give you a little wink and say Victor Calais, but you brought up without me. Memories not too bad. That was my toughest fight by far. Yeah. yeah. But what happened was he fought uh, good boxers. He fought boxer boxing punches. Everyone had something more than him, but he, he just grew with each fight. The better mm. they were, the better he became. Every fight he just progressed, and it was wonderful how we were able to go up each time, but Victor Collegius, I remember, I think I was at Jeff's place and he threw an uppercut and the bloke's feet went yeah, up there. the guy right, uh, the Italian guy, and, Sticker, off the ground. Anyhow, yeah. mate, he came out, he was good, he was very good. And in the first round he hit Jeff with, an uppercut. with a, yeah. a big uppercut that he took fairly and squarely on the chin 
and and it, it had to hurt, mm. no matter how hard he is. I had days where uh, both yeah. hands just dropped beside my side. I was like, I was <laughs> knocked out for a couple of seconds, yeah. he, standing up. He yeah. made a mistake. He made two mistakes, Calagius. One of them was that he admired his handiwork, mm. and by the end of the round, Jeff had more come back and he was as good as gold. Mm. And uh, but as the fight went on, he started to. Get dirtier and dirtier, head button, elbows, and he brought a good one in. And Jeff, he he'd been doing it since he was five. He put a head but, uh, butt on him, mm. and the referee virtually said, "Right, ages have both done it." But and mate, Jeff, give it to him. And the one thing, if you look at that fight. After a little bit too long, he was went stopping it because Jeff was really hurting him. And that bloke was standing up with Jeff belting him, and as soon as he stopped it, you seen Calais just collapse. Yeah. Such was his heart. He was a real champion, yeah, a real champion. You broke his spirit. I had a broken spirit. right hand. I had my, had a broken right hand, so the, obviously I got injected as always. But the crazy thing was that it never lasted. Like, yeah. Is that what your game plan is? You, you, you're fighting the, a fight the like that. The adrenaline, the adrenaline in this fight, and it went was getting the tenth round. That it pumped all the, the marcade out of me, so I was, I was I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah, using using my left hand for a lot of the fight. I've had a broken finger. I'm playing rugby league with a broken finger. Fucking, and I was playing five A, and fucking every time the halfback would pass me, man, a broken hand punching someone in the face. That's another form of toughness. Consistently, yeah. yeah. You guys were you like you were always lifting the game every fight. And then you go on to fighting the great Carlos Serrano. Tell I love that I love to get a bit of a commentary on when that fight was announced because people like he was. Let me tell you. So he'd retired. He made a comeback. He'd won his eleven fights straight. The fight prior to him fighting me, he knocked out Richard Savage, number one guy in the world. He knocked him out in I think four or five rounds. And yeah, obviously the WBC and he's Mexican. Of course they. Mm. Set that fight up. Obviously, mm. thinking that I was going to lose. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Johnny. What was his? Re- he was over. He had like a hundred fights. He was no, like, like seventy-eight, you know, seventy-something fights. 70. Uh, so like it was like one, a Julio. Uh, yeah, yeah, one loss in out of seventy-seven fights, maybe seventy-five knockouts, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But different to Chavez. Chavez had one, but this guy knocked everybody out. Yeah, yeah. he had like a ninety percent knockout record. It was crazy. Yeah, they uh, were saying at the time that Sarate was the hardest punching bantamweight of all time. time yeah. And uh, there was another Mexican had the surname with a Z and they fought in Serrata. Zamore. Zarate versus Zamore. And Serrata knocked him out. Mate, truthfully, he didn't have enough. Je- Jeff, had, he was on old legs. And, well, one uh, of the great things, they say old legs, he was 28 then, but now 38's old legs. But the, one of the great things about Carlos Zarate, when they interviewed Carlos and the I'll give you this example, I'll give you two examples. So when they interviewed Carlos Arado, he said that Jeff Fennick was one of the greatest fighters he ever fought and, and could have been a world champion in any era because mm. he was in the 70s and stuff. Victor Collegius, the guy that Johnny said was my toughest fight, which I agree with, and in an interview with him he said that he went back to the corner after four, the fourth or fifth round and they were asking him, how you feeling, Ronnie? And then he said, to his corner, am I finding a human? Is this guy human? This is the exact words. It's on video. Is am I fighting a human? So I've hit this guy with punches that have knocked everybody mm. out, and this guy's still standing there. Am I fighting a human? You know. How proud does that make you feel when you hear 
like a fighter talking about the guy that that you're mold, you've molded and you trained. How does it feel when you hear that? That's the ultimate compliment. I've got to say that um, for a long time I've been proud of Jeff. I sometimes there's stories I can tell that people would say oh, there's something wrong with him. I sparred him with light heavyweights, good light, light mm. heavyweights. You had Virgil Hill out at the time. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of people. Jeff Hader, I suppose, you're fighting thousands of rounds. Yeah, yeah. But look, he, he, Jeff hit on it. He was winning these fights without losing a round. Yeah. If you go right through, like, training, Jeff, he, he was just so superior. My job was easy with him because... I, I, he was super natural or whatever. Mm. To every aspect that is needed, he, he more than had it covered. And, yeah, of course I was proud. And I go back and we had Bill Morty said we can fight for the IBF title. We had five fights. Mm. And I said, oh, Bill, turn it up. No one got a world title in more, like you'd go yeah. 30 fights so yeah. been being it for years and everything. I said, Bill, no. I said, he's had five fights. Anyhow, he come back again. And I think it was the third time I said, Bill, get me his last three fights on the tapes. You remember we had the tapes in them days? Yeah. Anyhow, he did. And when, he, when I seen him, I said, oh, I think Jeff can beat this right anyhow we we went that way and i remember the Goki Shingaki, they, right? they, they had a thing in the paper about jeff fight for the title and they asked all the experts mm. one bloke said we'd win it mm. and that was jimmy, jimmy Carruthers. Carruthers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. He, he said to me he said Johnny, you've got a good – he's special, that man. Now, there was our you know, greatest. Anyway, Rusty, what, mm. I want to go back to what you say before. My belts don't really represent what – it's when, you're, when your peers give you respect, like you were mm. talking about what Clay just said about me, mm. what Carlos Wright. If you hear the what Chavez or Roberto Duran when they've watched my fights, mm. or Chavez when I got my – said, I was at the fight. You, you beat Nelson, you know, convincingly. But mm. I mean, when it comes from your peers, that's when you know you made it. Yeah. If you're a good rugby league player and the old rugby league players talk about you, and they mix you, then you made it. When I get off the plane, <laughs> go to Vegas, and there's a convention or something on, and all those fighters around, they're all around me, like – Holyfield, Tyson, all those guys, then you know you mate. I'm proud of what I've done, yeah. Man, that must be such yeah, a buzz. Yeah. Just this combination you have, and I use, I don't whether you use, you guys have a strain iconic relationship friend, team. You were just the most iconic mm. team. There's, I don't know anyone who's achieved more as a team than you, like, together. Again, like I said, when I think of people who are similar to Johnny, I think of the guys like, the Wayne Bennett's, the, the, the Bellamy's, who can keep these guys. And, and, and it's different. Like Johnny, I was an individual. They're doing with the team. But individually to for him to keep me where he kept me and to do what he done was a pretty amazing job because I know who, who I was. It, was there ever a time that he had to pull you up and say, hey, mate, there I goes. know. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I won the world title and I walked in the gym door after that and I'd been out – Doing what most world champions celebrate with. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, son, see that door you just walked in? He said, turn around and get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. 
I walked out, I'm crying, my eyes, I'm fucking crying. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what's the way but he just reminded me, yeah, he said that I changed. And look, like I said, fame and fortune changes everybody. All of a sudden I'm going place, I'm getting everything for nothing, doing whatever I wanted to do, Russ, which, like I said, again, I'm not proud of today, but yeah. that, that was part and parcel of what came with you being world champion. He, he reminded me, he's, like I said, he's reminded me on many occasions. There, there, there's a, a side of, with Jeff. We had the gym full of kids. Everybody in that gym had new Reebok sh- shoes I on. I remember being sponsored by Reebok. He, 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 got, he done that out of his own money, he sponsored money. He conti- continuously and consistently looked after every – all the kids say to me, oh, I love Jeff, how he used to give us this and give us that. I remember once we were going to – I think it was for cerebral palsy day over at Manly. Manly. We had the bus. We're driving there. And he said, pull up here. And I said, what are you doing? He said, just pull up. And next thing he come out with boxes and boxes of toys. And and we went to the thing and he donated all. Mate, he give. He's a giver. (coughs) And as I say... That's how are you, Johnny? That's man. You've got legendary yeah, stories and, here. And listen, given again, I'll, let me interrupt. Given is not about giving mm. toys, but given time yeah. and given mental mm. help to people who need it. Mm. And that's Johnny. Yeah. We're all there. of course. I'm, like I said, of course, I knew what the kids would love that day, so I, I done that. Yeah, but what Johnny's given, you, you can't put a price on. There, mm. There's no money can buy what mm. somebody gives you, and when they can give you something mentally and make you a better person, you can't put a price on that. I agree. The gift of time is the best gift of ever, isn't it? 100%. And knowledge. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And he just shares, you share it freely. That's what makes Johnny so special. Like, I remember Johnny coming in with Costa at, at the Long Bay when we were there. You brought Costa. You, but you yeah. guys have done heaps of jail. I mean, yeah, you're going out we, to Park Lee when yeah, White Brothers yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah. Trained there. Yeah, yeah. We went, in, we went everywhere. Yeah. Down in Goulburn, boys are telling me he was walking through You look at some of the people like. Alan Jones, what a beautiful man. He wrote the one of the parts of my book, the one of the good parts. He wrote his little part. And oh, I, I think of when I think of Alan Jones, when, when he speaks about him, he, he, he makes you believe if, you, he, if he tells you you can fly, you're going to go up the top of the window, you're going to jump out and fly. Mark Boris is the same. Yeah. Got, when he, I've got this relationship with Mark at the moment, the, since I've done Celebrity Apprentice, just amazing people. I'm still my great friend, mm. David Ginge. All those guys have played you know, little parts in my life and done things for me. But, yeah, I feel that all that I give back to them is all stems from what Johnny taught me. Yeah, but you would amazing. never get it in people's lives without the humility of his humility. Ah, yeah, you know, well, like, you know, like I said, they all love me for the person I am. And the yeah. person I am is, like I said, is because of this guy. I had a moment the other week. I went to a, a, a TikTok influencers party, right, and went to this big fucking penthouse at, down at the pier. And I, I'm sitting there going, "What the fuck am I doing here?" And it's that moment because that's that now drill boy in me, yeah. doubting myself, going, "Fucking, what, what am I doing here?" And then this other voice coming to my head, which I picked up, like listening to you guys, and it's, "I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be yeah. here right now." Yeah. That's where I'm meant to yeah, be. And yeah. I picked that up of listening to you guys. You meant if you're in the, if you're in fucking yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just give this. I'm gonna let's leave on this. Up. I'm gonna give this last story about how much that Johnny changed my life, friend. So I'm now trying to Mike Tyson. Wow. In Las Vegas, we're not, no, so we're in LA. I'm there with this, um, a couple of people. One of them was a, bi- a billionaire that was with, with Mike and I, and we're at the at the, at the UFC. We're all. Getting ready, we're all just about to go to this man's massive house down on the beach at Malibu. The limo comes, of course. Mike flicks me in their limo. So I'm, there's me, Mike, this very wealthy man, and a few other people, and they're 
we were in this car and we were just going down the expressway and I told on the phone the studio said where I was going, this big party. Everybody's going to be there. Mariah, Pamela Anderson, every person was anybody's going to be this party. They're driving down the expressway and the, they all started to smoke weed. I'm thinking, oh, it's, <laughs> it's killing me. Know. So I'm putting the window down. All of a sudden, they get some cocaine out. Mm. I made them stop the car. I got a taxi, went back to my hotel and stayed on my own. I just, yeah, just me. I just didn't want. That's a good I, message. I was, going to, I was just going to have a drink. And, and alcohol's no different. But it's legal. But I'm just saying, it just, it's just me. I didn't want to be around that. I just, you know, That's what thought, makes you yeah, a champion. I just didn't want to be around that. I mean, I've been around this guy. And you know, the only thing that we ever, like I said, we'd have a stout and coke together. And mm. we'd sit down. The, and I'll never forget the beautiful times I had when Johnny had his beautiful house and I had a house on the Central Coast sitting there with those beautiful people that we met, the McInerney's, and it was just, it was crazy. I've had yeah. the most amazing life. You've had an amazing Thanks amazing, to the most amazing man. Thank you guys for being a part of it, you know what I mean? Just to people as a young fella looking up to you, just watching these fights. And I mean, I'll tell you a story, you are fighting, oh, I'm trying to think it was, but I was at Cabraval Digger Club, Diggers Club and you were fighting someone and a few of the people were, were that you were fighting... You'll find a t- I think it might have been the Thai. Smart Packeroon. Smart Packeroon, mm. and a few of them were going for him. I mean, this bloke out here that's with me today turned on them all, and we got part charged with about eight assault charges because they were going for Smart Packeroon, mm. and we were just pissed off that they weren't going for the Aussie. But I mean, he, he, he was in another dangerous Great opponent. fight. Great fight, yeah. And mm. was, uh, that was a wonderful performance, that one. Mm. Uh, Again, let's get back to the greatest performance ever, is our performances, being able to... Try to help change people's lives. That's the performance That's, that we need yeah. to talk about. What I've done is all beautiful and past in history, but what you continue to do to help people, Johnny, like you do every day, you're training people, helping people, and talking to people because I know they all love you and that's we're blessed to have you. On. The longer yeah. that you're on the earth, the better this earth will be. I yeah. love you, Johnny Lewis. Yeah. I can only say that he lifted me up in my life too, very much. What a blessing. What a blessing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, Ross. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Russell.